Welcome to Episode 6 of Murder We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is Gerald Elias. Jerry is a multi-talented individual, a world-class violinist, first with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, then as concertmaster with the Utah Symphony. He has combined his knowledge of music, orchestra politics, and suspense into the terrific Daniel Jacobus series of murder mysteries. So welcome to Murder We Write, Jerry. Thanks so much for joining me today. So let's jump right in. When and why did you first start writing? And has all your writing been in the mystery genre? Hi, Carol. Great to be with you today. Actually, my first murder mystery, Devil's Trill, started out as kind of a how-to guide for young musicians uh, learning to play the violin. And the challenges uh, that I found were pretty universal from having taught all around the world. Over the course of 12 years, however, that book, which was originally called Violin Lessons, morphed into a traditional whodunit called Devil's Trill, which takes place in the dark corners of the classical music world. Since that time, I've written, let's see, seven more mysteries in the Daniel Jacoba series, plus two other standalone murder mysteries. And I've written some nonfiction as well, including um, an essay that was accepted for TED Talks and a memoir of sorts that's called Symphonies and Scorpions that's about life as an orchestral musician with the backdrop of our Boston Symphony tour to China in 1979 and the follow-up tour in 2014. So I've done a lot of writing in all kinds of formats, uh, though I grew up reading all the Hardy Boys mysteries from my brother and Nancy Drew mysteries from my sister. So uh, mysteries were kind of embedded in my DNA. Well, Jerry, that answered my next two questions. Did you read mysteries as a kid and which ones do you remember? Um, do you have idols in mystery writing? And do you have a favorite author that you return to again and again? One of the things that draws me to great mystery writing, or even fiction writing, for that matter, is the ability of the author to draw the reader into a world which he or she may not know anything about or even be interested in when they start reading the book, but are gradually drawn into this world and become so familiar with it that they really feel as if they live in, in that new world. And there are so many authors that, whose influence I, I draw upon for inspiration when, when I write my mysteries. And they have such a wide range of outlooks, starting from someone like John Le Carré, whose mastery of the English language and understanding of the underworld of intrigue and espionage is just so unique. Uh, Donna Leon, whose Inspector Brunetti series that takes place in contemporary Venice is just, I feel like uh, I can 
taste the food from, from Venice when I'm reading the book, or Walter Mosley, whose Easy Rollins series is is just so evocative of post-World War II African-American Los Angeles, even though I had no idea what that was like when I started reading the series. And then on and on with Patrick O'Brien, Dick Francis, Tony Hillerman, whose uh, series of, of mysteries that take place on uh, Native American lands in the Southwest, so evocative. Or Craig Johnson, whose Longmire series, such a hit television um, show. So all of those authors kind of are, I, I try to emulate, obviously not imitate because they're inimitable, uh, and I try to create my own style writing in the dark corners of the world of classical music, of which there are many. Um, and, you know, even from time to time, diverging and writing uh, my Western mystery uh, inspired by Craig Johnson, which mine is called Roundtree Days, or short stories which cover a variety of subjects, one of which was most recently accepted by Coolest American Stories of 2023, that anthology, such a big hit. And it had nothing to, my story had nothing to do with music. It was called A Scarab for Normandy and takes place at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So all kinds of stories, um, but inspired by great fiction writing. So you say inspired by. Do you ever try to incorporate particular elements of any of those favorite authors into your own writing? Carol, that is a great question. You know, as a classically trained musician, one of the ways we learn is to listen to all different kinds of performances of the music by various great artists and to some extent incorporate that into our own interpretations. Likewise, as a writer, I'm always thinking about style and content when I'm reading other great writers. Um, and I would have to say that at some point it becomes a little bit dangerous because I don't want to be imitative. And I've made it a policy not to be reading another mystery while I'm writing my own. And I remember one time I was reading a Donna Leon mystery that takes place in modern-day Venice while I was reading my writing my Daniel Jacobus novel that takes place in the Berkshires or in New York City. And I found myself writing dialogue for Jacobus that was kind of in the style of Leon's Inspector Brunetti, who is a Venetian police detective, while Daniel Jacobus is a curmudgeonly blind violin teacher. So it was that at that point I thought, well, this isn't really going to work. I can be inspired by these writers, but I don't want to be imitative. On the other hand, I've written a couple short stories um, kind of to try my hand at various styles. For example, John Le Carre, uh, I wrote a short story called uh, The Case of the Burkid 
busker that takes place in the dreary London setting. And I wrote a short story in the style of Joseph Conrad called Prince of the Leaf Cutters, which takes place in the jungles of Central America. So while on one hand, I don't want to be imitative, on the other hand, I really enjoy the exercise of occasionally trying my own hand at writing in the style of great authors. Okay, speaking of Venice and London, as a violinist with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, you've traveled all over the world. Do you find that the time you've spent in these other places has helped in your research when setting your stories? All of my Daniel Jacobus mysteries are based upon my personal experiences as a musician, whether it's symphony orchestra, string quartet, as a soloist, as a teacher, as a conductor. Um, Everything in those books really is based on real events, real people, real experiences. Even my Western mystery, Roundtree Days, that takes place in a fictional city in the Utah desert uh, is based upon having lived in Utah for 30 years before moving to Seattle and falling in love with the desert there and, and everything that that entails. I think setting is an integral part of any good book, not only to provide description and kind of a visual image of what's taking place in the story, but to really be assimilated into the plot in a structural way, in an organic way, uh, so that the story moves along and the characters are developed consistent with the setting. So, for example, in Murder at the Royal Albert, which is my most recent one, it's set, the, the, the beginning of the book is set at Royal Albert Hall in London. And just the visual image of that um, incredible concert hall, which is so unique and it's just so huge and overwhelming and with such a idiosyncratic audience that go to the prom concerts, setting that up with the performance of the Mahler Sixth Symphony uh, and the tragic event which takes place during that performance all contributes to the dynamic tension of the book. And the fact is, I performed Mahler Sixth at Royal Albert Hall with the Boston Symphony uh, when I was a member of that orchestra. And as I was performing, I said to myself, this is the perfect setting for a murder mystery. And indeed, it was. So you know music, you know many places in the world, but what about the process of detecting. Is this all from your head, from your reading as a kid and into adulthood? Or have you spoken with actual detectives as to how they go about solving a crime? You know, I've seen so many TV detective shows 
especially the last few years with COVID, you know, everything on Netflix and Amazon Prime and BritBox and Acorn, you name it. I, I think I've seen just about every way a crime can be committed um, and solved. Uh, but that being the case, most of what I come up with is from my own head um, or from doing, you know, Google Internet research, uh, which really provides tons and tons of information. Um, for example, you know, in the, the political thriller I wrote, The Beethoven Sequence, I learned quite a bit about extradition, and it's very complicated, and it took a while to figure out. Um, other than that, you know, I have spoken to a few experts in various fields related to criminal detection in to a certain extent. I spoke to the medical examiner of Utah about autopsies when I was writing Spring Break. Um, I Let's see, I talked to someone who um, was an expert in antique elevators from the Otis Company when I was writing um, Dance Macabre because that turned out to be the murder weapon. Uh, sorry for that spoiler, but that's partly to answer your question. Um, and let's see, I also learned a lot about insurance fraud from the uh, person who owns the insurance company that insures my violins. Uh, and that was very important in my mystery, Playing With Fire. So I try to use all kinds of sources to learn about ways to commit crimes and to solve crimes. Um, but a lot of that is, of course, imagination and trying to make things plausible. Uh, so I hope by combining fact and fiction and enough accurate information, um, I will be entertaining my readers and making them guess who done it to the very last page. So let's talk about the character Daniel Jacobus, how you came up with a violinist, I get. But where did the blind and curmudgeonly part come from? Is he based on a real person? Almost all the characters in my Daniel Jacobus series are composites of people that I know, who I've worked with, who are great artists, or someone I know about in the music world, or even a lot of people outside the music world who I know and I've worked with. Um, that's in order to create multidimensional characters so that even the villains have redeeming qualities, and we understand them, if not with sympathy, but at least with knowing what their, their motives are. Um, regarding Jacobus, I made him blind for two basic reasons. One is that we know um, from the, the real world that when someone loses one of their senses, their other senses often more than make up for what they lost. So for Jacobus, because he was blind, he's, his perceptions um, for hearing and touching and smelling, all of, all of those things, made him more adept in many cases than people with sight in helping solve his crimes. 
Also, metaphorically, I made him blind because so much of the music business is based on the visual and the theatrical, and that's something that Jacobus absolutely detested. Uh, regarding Jacobus's character, um, he was based on two people that um, really have meant a lot to me in my life. One was the great violinist and musician Alexander Schneider, whose passion for music and whose really directness and whose high standards were so important in my experience as a young musician and who I convey to Jacobus. In fact, I even hear and see Jacobus uh, the way I see Alexander Schneider. Uh, and the other person is a dear old friend named Myra Ross, who I grew up with on Long Island and who over the years became blind, yet has continued to play the violin and play in orchestras and play chamber music um, and all along have a wonderful life as a, a mother, a parent, um, and a high school guidance counselor for many years. Uh, and doing that all with a great deal of grace. So those two characters put together, uh, in a way, equal Jacobus. But I must add that neither one of them is curmudgeonly. That's all my invention. Let's switch topics and start talking about your writing process. And I got to say, you must be a very fast worker because it seems I just bought Cloudy with a Chance of Murder and now Murder at the Royal Albert is out. So what is your process? How do you schedule your writing time? Did you write while you were playing in the orchestra? So Carol, I have a confession to make. I really don't write that fast. Yes, it's true that in the past year plus, I've had three novels come out, Cloudy with a Chance of Murder, Roundtree Days, and Murder at the Royal Albert, plus several published short stories, including one in Coolest American Stories, sorry, Coolest American Stories 2023, which is a great, great anthology. Um, but the truth of the matter is... There were several years between 2017 and 2020 when I was looking for a new publisher. And during all that time, I was writing my novels. Finally found a new publisher with Level Best Books, and they were kind enough to publish my three novels in very short order, which I'm very pleased with. In terms of my writing discipline. Um, you know, some authors, they can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write from eight o'clock till noon. And they do that every day and get a lot of work done. And I admire that. But that's not me. Um, because I've been a classical musician with rehearsals in the morning and the evening, concerts at night and the afternoon, traveling from one place to another, having a lot of students, uh, for me, um, I had to fit writing in whenever I had a little bit of time, whether that was in the morning or late at night. Um, so for me, I would think about what I wanted to write when I would be doing something else, like going for a walk or for a drive or even at a rehearsal, uh, deriving ideas and even uh, actual text 
that I wanted to write. And as soon as I got home and had a few minutes to spare, I would write it down. Uh, And one of the great pleasures for me about writing, like practicing, is being able to do something over and over again. So for me, it's rewrite, 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 rewrite. It's for me, some people hate that. Uh, but for me, that's that's really where I get my greatest enjoyment from writing. Are you working on a new novel now or a short story or both? Well, Carol, I'm always jotting down ideas for books or stories, uh, and, and who knows how they're going to end up. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying that part of authorship uh, that I hadn't really planned on, which is sharing ideas and conversations with other authors. For example, in March, I'm going to be on a panel discussing Western mysteries. This is for my book, Roundtree Days. Um, It's a panel called Murder at High Noon, and is taking place um, at Murderous March on March 11th, sponsored by the Upper Hudson Chapter of Sisters in Crime. Uh, Then on March 22nd, I'm going to be in a panel discussion with King's English in Salt Lake City, also about Roundtree Days. And in the meantime, I'm submitting stories to various journals. Um, For example, I wrote a story called last night about a an impending uh, worldwide pandemic. I actually wrote it before our current pandemic, um, and that is going to be featured in Crime Ucopia's issue called One More Thing to Worry About, and that's coming out in March. Um, and aside from just the basic writing, um, I did write a story called Lacrimosa about Mozart's wife's struggles and ultimate triumph um, in getting Mozart's final composition, the Requiem, um, published and performed and how that transformed her life. And that story that I wrote is now being transformed itself into a possible play that will take place in the Berkshires maybe next year. And finally, you know, there's that other part of my life which is music, and I've got a few recitals scheduled for Seattle and uh, looking forward to other performances and other repertoire to learn for the first time. So I keep busy, you know, juggling (laughs) all the time between music and writing, and uh, there's a lot of gratification that comes from both. Thank you very much for asking. And if I may, I'd like to add a couple things to that. In the near future, I'm going to be issuing a new edition of my short story collection that's going to be called It's a Crime. And I'm also looking for a publisher of a collection of short mysteries with a single protagonist whose name is Maury Gross, New York City Police Chief Retired. And that collection is going to be called Murder on Vacation. So there's something else for me to look forward to. Thanks so much. Jerry, you make the rest of us look like slackers. When do you sleep? However, that's all to our advantage because it gives us something to look forward to. More books, more stories, and a play to be staged in the Berkshires next year. Thank you so much for joining me today and thank our listeners. We look forward to seeing you next month with another episode of Murder We Write. Mm -hmm.
Shortcast Club.